Hallelujah. I'm glad that Jesus shed his blood, but I'm glad that he didn't stay in the tomb. Amen. I'm glad as we sung about this morning, he has overcome. A couple of words I want to give you this morning. If you heard if you're in Sunday school, you heard them, you're going to hear them again now. It's is recognize and exercise. Recognize who God is and exercise of authority that you have in him. The Lord kind of gave me that as I was praying this morning. Recognize who he is and exercise the authority. You know, I might get hot in here this morning. So I got to, I might, I might get this, have to get my towel out and wipe the sweat, you know. Yeah. And, and if I get to preaching real good, they might just come out. Woo. Yeah. Hey, Bob. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny that you wore that shirt this morning, Bob. <laughs> you never know, that might have to come out in a little while. Amen. Well, I'm going to be talking about something I've talked about before, but but I really felt this morning the Lord wanted us to talk about a family reunion. Now, what's the first thing you think about when you think about a family reunion? Eating. Come on now, be honest. You start throwing the word family reunion around and everybody starts planning out what kind of food they're going to bring. And, and all the ladies, they like to outdo each other on the dessert table. You know, they always like to see what, you know, they want, they want their dessert to look really good. And, and uh, we have the same thing sometimes with, with uh, fellowships, but, but all the good food and, you know, some, sometimes, you know, there's, there's fish and chicken and ham and, and all kinds of casseroles and all that thing. But believe it or not, family reunions, I don't think, were begun so we could outdo each other with the meal. Were they? <laughs> Josh said, you mean they're not? But deep down, there's a desire to hang out with your kin, right? You know, us southern people, you know, we call them kin or whatever you want to call them, but there's... And, 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 you know, there, there's all kinds of family reunions, and, and, and there comes times where you have to say, well, I can't go there, and I can't go there. You can't go to all of them, right? Because if you've got much family, and this year's one of those years where I'm going to miss, we're going to miss almost all of them. But there's just something about the family reunion and the thought about hanging out with, and, and okay, another thing that happens at family reunions. You go to a family reunion, and you seek out the ones you know the most, and you sit with them, Right? Like, like Jill, you're going to go to the family reunion, you're going to sit with your mom, and you're going to sit with Aaron, and you're going to sit with Megan, right? Now, come on, isn't that just natural? you got all these other people you haven't seen in years. You might visit with them a little bit, but when you sit down to the meal, you're going to sit down with those that you care. I've often thought, you know, and doing stuff and just saying, okay, you're sitting here, and you're sitting there, and, and because we need that interaction sometimes with others, but... But family reunions, we, we have kind of a... And if, we, if it's a family reunion we go to every year, we probably follow the same procedure. You know, we go in, we talk to the same people, we sit in the same place, we do the same thing, we complain about the same other people. <laughs> you know, probably... <laughs> oh, don't look at me like that, Janice. I, well, that's why I said other people. Other people. <laughs> I got too many relatives in here. I know some of them would talk bad about me, and that's all right. 
Um, but I want you to think about your family this morning, your family in Christ. You know, we belong to a huge family. We as Christians belong to a family that, that, that are innumerable, both from years gone by and up to the present and into the future. We don't know how far, but we belong to an awesome, great family. So if you have your Bibles this morning, let's wave them in the air. This is God's word for me today. We're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17 to start. We have several scriptures this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17 say this, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Lord, this morning I thank you for your love and your mercy. I thank you, Lord, that we are part of a great big family. And God, I ask that you would help us to live out our part of that family. To do our part, Lord, that the family would grow and thrive and we thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Another thing that's kind of like a family reunion is going to a ball game. You go to Wrigley Field and you look around and you just see blue everywhere. You go to St. Louis to a Cardinals game and it, you look out there and it's just red. Yeah. Yeah. All right, no hecklers in the crowd. And you know something I've noticed about going to sporting events? There are people that show up and they don't know these people, and yet when something good happens, they're high-fiving everybody, and, and like they've known each other for 20 years, and they don't even know who they are. They just And you see that, why? Because there's a bond there. There's a bond there of something. No, it's not family, but it's, it's, it's family in another way. There's a bond there that helps them to relate to one another in ways that you, it's sometimes hard to understand. You talk to people about things, about the game, and you're like, I, I don't know. Somebody, well, do you know? No, I don't know who that was. We're just talking about the game. And there's just something about it, and it's similar to the same thing as a family reunion. And so this morning, as we talk about the greatest family reunion to ever take place, remember, you're going to be there with a lot of people you don't know. And there's a good chance you might even be there with some people you didn't even like you got to love them enough to get to heaven, right? But some people that you, you aren't friends with, and maybe you knew, but you didn't even really hang out. But guess what? They're going to be there. If they're Christians, if they're born again, if they're going to be there, you probably should get to know them a little bit, and you should probably be nice to them. You might have to spend a couple of thousand years hanging out with them. Maybe, maybe God in all of his wisdom and Jesus in all of his hilarity, like we talk about on Wednesday night, just might sit you right beside him at the great feast. Come on now. So who is, whose family is it anyway? The family of God. You see, God has this great, big, awesome plan. And, and the great thing about God's plan is he has written, he's written this book that 
that gives us so much guidance and so much direction about his plan. And not only that, I don't know about your family reunions, but most of the ones I go to, they take up a little collection just to kind of help pay for the food or, or, or if they do something special or they send flowers throughout the year. But the great thing about this is God has already paid for it. He sent his son so that we could just, we don't, we don't have to worry about paying for it. It's already been paid for. And he has already made the plans. You see, now to some of you that might bother you a little bit because you like to be involved in the planning. But to somebody like me, you make them all just let me sit back and enjoy. That's what it's going to be. He's made the plans. He's the one who's paid for it. He's just waiting for the right time. He's waiting for the right time. And you say, well, am I going to get an invitation? You know, now Facebook, you know, you're going to get a Facebook invitation. You're going to pop on there whether you're going to attend or whether you're a maybe or whether you're not going to attend. I don't know that that's the invitation we're going to get. But in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, and if you were here last week, you will remember that this is a scripture that I ended with. And this week it's up in the sermon a little bit further. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Now think about a time, maybe you're in the house and you want, you're, you're trying to get somebody and you holler, Hey, Kenzie! She knows, you know she heard you, right? Got a pretty distinctive voice. I'm kind of loud. I'm pretty sure when I holler, people hear me. Nobody, Kenzie, don't show up. You holler again. Kenzie, don't show up. Maybe sooner or later she'll show up. You say, Kenzie, could you turn the light off? She used to get her. She used to, you want your light turned off, don't you? Yeah, we used to do that. But the scripture tells us that he stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears his voice and opens the door, recognize an exercise. Recognize this morning that he is knocking on your door. Recognize this morning that he is knocking on your neighbor's door. Recognize this morning that he is knocking on the Muslim's door and the Mormon's door and the Jehovah Witnesses door, the communist door and the Nazis door. He's knocking, but he's waiting for a response. He's waiting for that person, whether it be you or somebody around the world, to open the door because it's not just enough to recognize that the Lord is knocking. It's not just enough to realize, oh, I'm a sinner. You see, when we think about the prodigal son, he, it says his eyes were open. He recognized that his father's house was the place to be. But that wasn't enough. Because recognizing that he needed to go home didn't get him there. He got up and he started walking. He started walking towards a place where he had told his father that he no longer wanted to live there. He, he was walking towards a place where he knew he had a brother that probably wouldn't welcome him home. But yet he recognized 
that he needed to go home and he exercised the fact that when he went there, he was going to be received. And that's the parable that the Lord lays that tells us about. So what I need us to understand, what I want us to understand, that he's knocking, but he's waiting for response. Talk to many missionaries, and, and they, they make phone call after phone call after phone call. And so many times they never get a call back. They're trying. They're, people know they're calling, but they don't call them back. It's not just enough to recognize the call. It's not just enough to hear the knock. It's not just enough to hear the voice. We need to step out into that. We need to begin to move towards Him. We need to begin to move towards His voice. We need to begin to move towards the things that He's calling us to, to do. So I would remind you that He's knocking. Are we opening the door? Maybe it's for salvation. The first thing He knocks and asks. The first thing He does. But maybe it's beyond that this morning. Maybe you've, you're a Christian here today. Maybe you're serving the Lord with, with, with your whole heart. And, and He comes today and knocks and says, Man, this has been awesome, but now I want you to step out a little bit further. Now I want you to, to, to do something a little bit different. And, and it's not just enough to say, Oh, I hear you, Lord. But it's in those moments when we answer that call and when when we say, yes, Lord, I will go, I will do, I will act on that call. And so we think about the reunion and we think about the invitations and we recognize that all are getting an invitation, but not everyone is going to come. It's sad many times to think about those that you know the Lord has knocked on their heart's door and and they've even recognized it and yet have walked away. Have let the call go quiet and go silent because they refused to live the way God wants them to live. And so the next question might be, where is the reunion going to be? Normally, a lot, of, a lot of families do their same reunion, the same place, the same weekend every year. Well, we understand this morning that uh, there is going to be something that takes place. It starts in the heavenlies. It starts right up in the sky. We don't have to worry about whether or not the place is too big. We don't have to worry about if it's too small. We don't have to worry about if the heat's working or the air's working. We just have to be ready. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. You see, it starts in the air. There's a whole process, and we ain't going into all that this morning. But then in the end picture, what the scripture tells us is that he is building a complete city for us to share in this family reunion for eternity. He's building a complete city for us. Everything old is going to be wiped away. 
You might have the nicest house or the worst house. It doesn't matter because it's all going to be gone. And you're going to have a beautiful place. He's building a city for us to share eternity. You probably have gotten invitations in the mail that ask for an RSVP. How many, how many, now come on, how many have not RSVP'd and went? No. Yeah. Oh, it'll be okay, right? It, and it usually is. How many have said they were going to go and didn't make it? So what good is an RSVP? Anyway? Oh. But I, wanna, I do want to say, as we think about as we think about the reunion, there are preparations to make, right? We talked a little bit about it before. You, you make preparations. You begin to f- cook something. You, you decide what you're going to take, and then you, then you prepare it, and then you figure out how you're going to get it there, and, and then you wonder if anybody's going to like it, and then you're going to think, well, I, you know, nobody liked my food when it's over. I don't know what all that goes on, but there's preparations that go, that go into place if you're going to a reunion. And sometimes we get the idea that we're just all going when it comes to the heavenly reunion. And that would be great, except for it's not the truth. (laughs) That doggone truth keeps slipping in there, huh? The Bible teaches us that only those who are prepared are going to go. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 say this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, (coughs) excuse me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You see, even though the price has been paid, even though Jesus laid down his life so we could go, we still have preparations to make if we want to go to heaven. We still have preparations personally that we have to make if we want to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. There will be a lot of people that think they should get in. Maybe they're pastors who have spent 30 or 40 years preaching the gospel. But the scriptures say there are going to be many that are going to stand there and say, but Lord, I did this. I did this. I did this. And instead, what they're doing is they're listing their accomplishments instead of listing his. Because they haven't truly accepted his accomplishments. They're trying to live on their own accomplishments. There'll be many people in the church that will show up and, hey, how about me? I did this and I did that and I changed diapers every week in the nursery. Oh, surely, God, I should get a go. <laughs> I think she. I, I think that's good too. But anyway, God says it ain't. That ain't enough. He says only those. That, I, if you got this scripture. Only the ones who do the will of the Father. Not the ones who follow all the rules of the church. 
Now, come on, I, I believe in rules. I do. If you know me very much, I do. But, but the church's rules don't get you into heaven. <laughs> Following God's will gets you into heaven. Sometimes they line up, and hopefully they do. But whenever there's a question and whenever there's a doubt, it always is God's will, God's plan, God's laws. So I think what it is important for us to do, and you can know, you say, well, then how can we know? You can know if, if, you're, if you've given your life to Christ and you've asked him to forgive you of your sins and you're, you're on that path and you're working towards that. And when the Holy Spirit knocks on your heart and says, hey, you need to repent for that, you repent for that, which happens quite regularly. If that Holy Spirit's still drawing you and you're still repenting, you know that you're ready. But it's on those times and in those moments when you do things you know you shouldn't be doing and you're, you're, doing, you're doing things you know aren't right and when the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to, you need to quit that, and you say, oh, it's okay. It'll, I'll be all right. I got this. doesn't matter what else you do. If you disobey God, you're out. If you're living a life of disobedience, living a life of disobedience and unrepentance. John chapter 3, verse 3 says this, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, this was a little confusing. He says, you mean, how can I enter back into my mother's womb? The man Jesus was talking to. He had, you know, he had, the, he had the human picture of what Jesus was talking to, but he didn't quite understand what Jesus was trying to relay to him. You have to take the old self and die to it. And you have to be reborn. Reborn by allowing Jesus Christ to change you, to set you free. Being born again is more than just being carrying the title Christian but it involves an about face from your former life. It's about recognizing the sinfulness in your life and taking the steps necessary to turn away from that life of sin. It's about exercising what you know is Jesus' forgiveness in your life by walking away from the sinfulness that you were living in. Being born again is is more than just a change of title to change of life. It's more than going to a different church who sings different kinds of music or their pastor preaches a different way or they have different programs. But it's coming before the Lord and saying, I want to be changed from the inside. I want my life to line up with your word. I want to live by your word. I want to let your Holy Spirit convict me of my sin, and I want to make those changes I need to make in my life. And you know, as we think about family reunions, there are different ones do different things. I can remember uh, years and years ago when I went to my wife's family reunion, we were all much younger. We had a big softball game every year, and we'd go out there, and we'd run around like a bunch of jocks, you know. And there were actually some pretty, whew. There were, she had some cousins' kids that were just talented. 
But I, you know, I just went out there and I showed them all how to do it and, and all that. <laughs> but we'd go out there and we'd play hard. And as we got older, things changed. I remember, I remember going to the reunion and the kids, our kids now, were starting to want to play softball. And so they'd put them up there and they'd let their kid hit it and then they'd pick up the ball and they'd throw it out in right field. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? It took me a little while to realize when I started having kids of my own that that was okay. You're just out there to have fun. You're not out there for, you know, just any other reason. But there are, we, we have plans, you know, and, and we have at the Massey Lee reunion, we always have a big auction to raise money to, to send out flowers and stuff through the year and do all that. And, 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 and at this reunion, we do this and that. And, and there's always a plan and a purpose. So you think, well, okay, what are we going to do at this great big reunion? And, oh, you're going to like this. <laughs> Revelation 19.9 says, And the angel said to me, John the Revelator, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. So what is it? A marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to eat. Now, come on. Isn't that what you expect in a reunion? There's going to be a great feast, and we don't understand it all, and we don't know all about it, but there's references in the Scripture that teach us we're going to sit down at this huge table. I don't know, I don't know how God's going to work all that out, but we're going to enjoy a time of fellowship together. Now, I don't think that'll last for eternity, although sometimes I think I eat enough to last. But anyway, we're going to, we're going to fellowship and we're going to worship. We're going to fellowship, and we're going to worship. Can you imagine, as you read the Scripture, and it's, it's talking about the worship that's taking place in heaven, and we are going to be a part of that. You know, we do such a small, a small amount of that in life. You know, we, we worship in church, and, and we worship with our lives. And, but when we get there, we're going, to, we're going to be so in awe of God's goodness and God's mercy and God's grace that... We're not going to want to do anything else but worship Him. We're not going to have to be encouraged. It's not going to be a, 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 a pastor so-and-so get up, okay, now we're going to worship. It's going to, it's going to flow from our hearts. And we're not going to want to stop worshiping. We're not going to want to move on to the next thing because it's going to be so awesome when we're worshiping God. We're truly going to be in the, in the Spirit worshiping Him. And you know, sometimes we go to our reunions and we see people that are in wheelchairs, you know. Age is caught up with them, we would say, maybe. Or maybe those that are struggling with some form of dementia even. With other physical ailments or problems, we're not going to see those over there. We get to that reunion and it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. Because everyone's going to have that new body, new mind. You know, in, in making the decisions about which reunions you'll go to, you always say, well, next year we'll have another one I can go to. Next year I'll go to, I'll go to this one next year and this one the next year. But the, but, but the thing is with this heavenly reunion is when the rapture happens, it happens. And we need to be ready. 
We need to be ready when that time comes because there's coming something after that that we don't want to be here for. Some people might laugh and make light of and make fun of what's to come or what, what we as Christians say is to come. But I tell you, it's not going to be a laughing matter. When the tribulation begins, people aren't going to be laughing about it. When it's all over and all the finality that's going to take place in the end times, and we don't have time to go into all that today, when it all happens and it all takes place and it's all said and done, there will be no laughter in hell. There will be no partying in hell. There will be no friendships in hell. And so as we think about the reunion, as we think about preparing as we think about all those things we need to remember we must be ready and not only that is don't you enjoy seeing your family that you haven't seen for a while at a reunion you know you you see so and so they live away from here and, and oh man they showed up this year the excitement when somebody's there that you didn't expect maybe they drove halfway across the country to come to the family reunion everybody's like oh you made it you're all excited what if they, what if nobody had invited them? What if this year you changed it and didn't tell them? Yeah, well, not that that hadn't happened. Yeah, you're right. The sadness that there would be if somebody didn't get invited. And so there, are, there is a, our part. You see, even though the Lord said he's the one that's knocking, many times it's, it's up to us to help those people to understand that he's knocking. Maybe they don't realize what that that draw is in their spirit. Maybe they don't realize their their heart's stirring, but they don't know what it is, and maybe they need us to be a part of that invitation. Maybe they need us to come alongside them and share with them our experience with Jesus, our experience with our faith in God, our experience with His love and His mercy and His forgiveness. Because we don't want them to miss the reunion. We don't want them to be the ones that are sitting at home and saying, I didn't get invited. Well, they really did, but maybe they just didn't understand the invitation. Maybe the pastor messed it up so bad, and you know they needed to hear it, and, and maybe they just need you to say, listen, you might, if you're confused about what the pastor said this morning, here's what he meant. Jesus loves you, and he gave his life for you, and he's inviting you to spend eternity with him in heaven. Don't you want it? Don't you want it? Don't you want it? To spend eternity with Jesus. Matthew chapter 24 verses 36 through 39 say, But concerning that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. For as the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood there were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. You see, here's the only thing. We don't know the actual time of the reunion. We don't know the moment when it's going to take place. Now, that's that's kind of a hard thing, right? But we've got to be ready. You got to have, you know, all your preparations made because you're not going to be able to say, oh, wait a minute, I got to get that casserole out of the freezer and throw it in the oven. 
Huh? I got to slip over to Hy-Vee and buy some chicken. Don't go to Kentucky Fried because they don't ever have it. I, you're not going to have time to put, push the hold button and say, hey, I'll get back to you here in a minute. I'll be on hold for a couple hours and then I'll, you know, I'll put you on hold. And My wife was on hold for over two hours the other day. That's a bad sore subject. But anyway, you got to be ready. And so, okay, pastor, how do I do that? Romans 10, 9 and 10 say, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession, for, the heart, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Acts 4, 12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved saved you see recognition and and exercise in romans 10 we recognize and we confess we recognize and we believe we recognize and we take those steps and then we recognize that there is no other way except for jesus and we exercise our faith by putting it in Him and Him alone. You see, no matter what the world tells us, no matter what our government tells us, no matter what anyone else tells us, there is only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. He paid the price. And so this morning, as we prepare for the greatest reunion that's ever been held, we read in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. Let the one who desires take water, take the water of life without price. So the invitation to us this morning is to come. The invitation to those around us is to come. The invitation for a lost and dying world is to come. And we as Christians need to be a part of, of the process where those that don't know Christ hear that message that the Lord is calling them to come. And so this morning it's up to us to get ourselves ready. So step one is prepare my heart, prepare my life, prepare my attitude, prepare me to recognize the Lord is calling me and put into action the plan whereby I come to him and give him my life. And then as Jesus, remember what Jesus said as he was leaving, go into all the world. One place it says, preach the gospel to every, every creature. Another place it says, make disciples of all nations. So then what we do after we prepare ourselves is we realize and we recognize we're part of the army that goes out and evangelizes the world, and we do our part to help others recognize who Jesus is so that they can in, tune, in, in turn prepare for the great reunion. On Facebook, they'll say, maybe somebody will post something, and tell everybody that I might have missed. Jesus hasn't missed anybody, but there are people that are waiting for us to come to them and share Jesus with them. You bow your heads this morning.
Lord, I thank you for my family, both in the natural and in the spiritual. God, you have, you have provided me with an awesome family whom I love and I cherish. But God, there is nothing more that I would like to see than my family expand and grow. To get bigger and bigger and bigger, Lord, as we, as we, as we share the gospel, as we reach out to our community, as, as we reach out to kids and their families, as we reach out to older people, as we reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we see our family expand as more and more people come to know Jesus. And so, Lord God, I pray this morning that as we think about your word, as we think about this prospect of this great reunion, Lord, we don't want anybody to miss it. We don't want one person to miss out on the opportunity to go. So help us, Lord, to do our part. If you're here this morning with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and, and you're here and you would say, Pastor, I, I just don't feel like I've, I've responded to the invitation. I don't feel like that I've made ready. I'm not ready to go. If Jesus were to sound the trumpet today, I don't think I would go. But today I want to make sure that I'm ready. I would just ask you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. That would be you. The other thing I would ask you as we close, are you willing to recognize you need to be a part of the army and are you willing to exercise your faith by going out and sharing? Lord, as we close this morning, I, I ask that you would just help us to recognize who we are in you. And Lord, as this great family reunion is being made ready, God, that we would also do our part to reach to the lost around us and around the world through our prayers and through our giving and through our actions and through our words, Lord that we would be a part of building your kingdom, of building this great family that we, we are a part of in Christ. Lord, help us as we go from this place today to be a part of that and be excited about the work that we're doing for you. And we thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. You are dismissed.